You are listening to Innovative Minds with Melanie Francis, where we talk to some of the top thought leaders, business leaders, and marketers around the globe. Tune in every Thursday and spark your mind. And now, let's get into it. So I have Tommy here joining me, who has actually been helping me produce my podcast. And I thought it'd be a brilliant idea to have him on the show and share some of his learns because he's produced over 1,000 podcasts successfully with some of the biggest marketing players in in the marketing landscape. So I really wanted to bring him on, share with you some of the things he's been teaching me um, and just go deeper into podcasts and why they're the next hottest thing. So glad to have you here, Tommy. Thanks for having me, Mel, and uh, congratulations on the podcast. Well, thanks for helping me set it up and getting it thus, thus far. It's been such a journey. Yeah, no, it is. But um, it's, oh, I'm excited. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So, Tommy, um, with podcasts, and I want to get straight into it because so many of the companies that we're helping, everyone wants to do a podcast. I mean, every person in the landscape is talking about doing podcasts. So, the thing I really want to start with is when is it actually right that you should bring a podcast into your organization or into your landscape? When have you seen it actually work for an organization? Yeah, I guess, I mean, defining what working means is really important, but like any of these new shiny things, and podcasting has been around for ages. I think the thing with podcasting is that the accessibility, the ease at which you can find them has got a little bit better. It's still really hard. Like if you think about your experience using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it's it's still very annoying, but it's getting heaps better. And I think where content is now in 2022, it's people are enjoying more honest, sort of real, raw, vulnerable um you know, conversations more than, more than ever. It's like the old fake it till you make it is gone. And the reason it's gone is because there's no vulnerability in faking it. You're actually trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. And so I guess that approach applies to brands wanting to do a podcast. If a brand is wanting to do a podcast purely because it's the shiny thing and they want to be a part of that, I mean, yeah, you can do that. That that probably makes sense if you're going to spend the money. And I've seen brands do that. And they define success in different ways. So it might be, you know, I've heard of a brand, I won't say who, spending a million dollars on a podcast. And it's not worth a million dollars because it's 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 weird because I don't know how they're going to recoup that. But then that's just from the outset seeing money um, that's being thrown at something and then thinking, is is it going to be a success? And I can tell you right now, it won't be a metric success through the net down, download numbers, but maybe they see it as this is our leaning into this new world of podcasting and we want to create this crazy, you know, well-crafted and produced podcast. So maybe that then yeah. does work. So yeah, it's a roundabout way of saying, yeah, don't get into it if you're just doing it because it's shiny. But then still, I don't think that should be the reason why you shouldn't because maybe you'll fall in love with it and it will work. Yeah. So you're saying because you enjoy it is what I'm hearing. So if you enjoy authentic conversations with your target market or with your clients or with a specific market, it sounds like it's a great way to go, but you need to enjoy the conversation of actually authentically speaking. That's one of the ways that you're, yeah. I'm hearing you say that that's the way to go with a podcast if that's something you enjoy. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, this is a great host. You sort of articulating my confusion answer. I love it. But no, <laughs> you, you're totally spot on because I think, um, yeah, you, anything you do, you want to – so he, the, the extension from whatever product or brand that you have created, if it – you know, lends itself to having great conversations and connecting with people, then it, I think it makes a lot of sense. And so maybe that's where the people that are just seeing it as a shiny new thing, it might actually 
tick a lot of those boxes. And their intention was different to get into it, but then they realized, wow, this is a way to really connect deeper than ever before. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, when I'm thinking about my clients and I'm saying, look, I think we need to bring podcasts into the mix, the way I'm looking at it, Tommy, and maybe you can kind of reflect on the thousand shows you've done and the clients you've worked with to sort of help me and everyone listening on really formulate this. But what I'm saying is every company needs to be able to create long form content on a weekly basis so they can actually pull that out and distribute into their social handles, into their other marketing campaigns. And podcast just seems to lend itself so much to be able to do that in a consistent way. So it's more about, I think, you need long-form content for companies. We as marketing agencies need that company to be talking and bringing new ideas onto the table. And then from that can the rest of the sort of marketing channels or social handles and distribution be built out. So that's how I'm seeing it. Is that what you're seeing the landscape as to how successful companies are doing it? I know you deal with pretty large companies um, being HubSpot and so forth. So is that how, you know, successful companies who have done podcasts are utilising this stream is just a long-form way of doing content on a regular, consistent basis? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it does tick that box of great long-form content that then, you know, if you've got a content strategy, you know, the the classic sort of pyramid hero hub hygiene, hero being that sort of longer-form piece that then can be, you know, cut up into a, you know, smaller pieces that go down that sort of content chain or funnel. Um, it ticks that box. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for different brands, it's it's a it's a different version of success. And I and I know I've sort of mentioned that before of mm. defining what the success looks like. But right. I mean, if you were to just look at the value of an engaged podcast listener. And then if you, you know, said, okay, for our brand or business, what does that mean to us? If we have a product that is, you know, selling food and we have a podcast that is about food and about nutrition, somebody is really getting value and spending and committing a heap of time to your brand by listening to your content. And then, you know, like you're saying, it's like long form piece that this, you know, 30 minute conversation can then, you know, as much as in that time of 30 minutes having a conversation, you're able to articulate all these different things and, um, you know, points of value that you can then take from that and serve that customer again or that audience member again. And so for some of the brands I work with, they do it purely as a play for brand awareness, which is not for everybody because it's hard to measure unless mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, expensive surveys. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a it's a brand play and some are doing it for their own education. Uh, you know, th- there's a th- there is for certain that you will get out of creating a podcast. The one thing is for certain is that you'll become more educated in whatever you're doing. I love that. You know, once you start teaching or once you start uh, trying to articulate what's in your head and what you know so well, whatever it is about your, you know, your service offering or business, it then just starts to make more sense and you start yeah. to connect those dots. And so there is a creative element, even if you don't feel you are creative. I think that is a byproduct of creating this long form, you know, thoughtful content. Mm-hmm. So I really want to break, I really just want to summarize that for the listeners is if you are doing a podcast for the purpose of learning and educating yourself, maybe educating yourself on your customer's pain point and taking this as a platform to educate yourself, that's a great way to get closer to your customer and get education for yourself. The second way that Tommy mentioned is if you do it for brand awareness, it does have a great result again because you're not trying to do it for this end of funnel, this lead generation. And when you do it just for that purpose, I think that's when – you know, and you're measuring that success. And I've, I talk about this a lot, that ROI measure and putting that onto any marketing or any creative field is just like killing the actual uh, creativity 
of it. Um, I know I, I know that that's something I really put out because this is this is you've got to look at it as either education or brand awareness or because you're so passionate about what you do, you want to go closer to a particular mm. audience. So one of the purposes, I think, Tommy, when you and I were discussing, I was trying to understand why I'm doing this. And in, that was a really long journey. And we went through that journey together mm. from where I was like, no, I just want to produce content for my current client base. That was where I started. But we came so far along and you really took me through that journey and you said, you've got to be able to rock up every day and really be so hyped up and enjoy like coming and going. I'm so excited to talk to Tommy. Tommy's got such an amazing energy. He's got a mind that, you know, I really want to explore. And you brought that and you said that to me and you challenged me and which totally, you know, I rethought my whole strategy of podcast and I took took it to a different way of who I wanted to talk to and who excites me. So I really want you to share that, you know, with the audience listening on, because I think it's a really important way that they need to think about podcasts um, before we get into the nitty gritty of how you measure it. So can you just reshare that thought of how you said that to me? And so that listeners can also take that journey as to when you come to the podcast every day. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I mean, you could make a commitment to show up, um, but if the thing that you're needing to show up for is not something that you enjoy, it's going to be a very painful process. And so, you know, for me, the gym, I love going, I love working out. And sometimes I'm highly motivated to do this thing that I really enjoy. But when I don't want to go like today and, um, yeah, I, you know, made a fuss about going in my head, but I showed up because I know that once I get going and once I get started, I really start enjoying that part of the process. And for me, podcasting and having conversations is similar. Working with people like you is similar. You know, you don't have to be feeling inspired every minute of the day to do something. But if it is just in that realm of, thing that you really enjoy it it makes it awesome when you start because that's when you start you know getting curious and pulling out those nuggets like you are um and i think you you summarized it really well and i and it's also a bit annoying too like that's an annoying process to have to go through where you realize oh i'm gonna change this all over but that's hard and annoying stuff is usually hard and hard stuff is usually where we land on the growth and so you have to go through that process. And maybe that doesn't come straight away. Like maybe you would have committed to doing it the other way. And that's cool too, because I know for myself, I need to start before I have all the answers. And maybe that's like not strategic, but I also think there is understanding yourself. And if you need the context from starting the thing and just getting moving to inform mm. the next step, I guess it's like testing and learning, iterating as you're you're going through that process. But yeah, it's really important to actually value and enjoy having conversations with people because that is a that is at the essence of you know that is what podcasting is. Absolutely. So we've covered maybe why you should do it and the right reason. So say that now you started doing it, and what really attracted me. To working with you, Tommy, is just how fly you look on your podcast when you rocked up to a Zoom call <laughs> looking like the way that you do. And I remember Philip and I almost <laughs> fell off our chair and started um, working on our own bed, on our own studies and going, we've got to look like Tommy. So I'm, I'm sort of like 30% there. I've got the same um, it's looking good. thing going as you, but not to your center. But can you talk? So you've gone and said, okay, I want to do it. Um, for the right reason, we've talked about purpose. So now that you want to do it, what kind of you know um, commitment to technology do you also have to make, or do you have to make any, or can you just start off in Zoom? Where can companies and brands that have got you know they want to do the podcast, where where can they start? What's the smallest and what's the largest, and what's your recommendation in getting people going um, when it comes to you know starting their first podcast? Yeah, I mean there's tech phobic people out there that don't like to touch anything. And and as much as I have a video and podcast production business and I have a, a general grasp, probably more so than most people in this field about technology, I still am not that real tech nerd. And so 
I've always sort of had the approach of like, well, if I can, if I work out how to do it, I surely other people can too, because it's, it's, I mean, I understand a whole lot more now because I've been doing it for a long time. But what I do understand is the barrier to entry is so low now. And I'm not talking about just Zoom, you know, with no headphones and it's sounding horrible. I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the barrier to entry is a couple of hundred dollars and you can have a podcast that sounds as good as, you know, what you would see as someone being professional. And so that is, that is the reality of this space. It's meant that more people are coming into it, but it also means that there's more opportunity for you if you don't think that you are tech savvy. It's, it is wrong. It is just that belief where it feels, feels a bit odd or you will have to push through. But I guess bringing it back to our last, the last answer of like, there has to be some friction for you to, to grow. And so if that friction is buying a microphone, I don't feel like I, I know how to set it up. You literally plug it in and it's going. And so that is great. And so if you feel that, it's like leaning into some of that friction um, gets you past. You'll then think back and go, oh, God, what was I thinking? And so I get that it is real, the the feeling of, oh, I don't know the equipment and maybe I can't start until I have the right equipment. I guess that's sort of looping back into what you're asking as well. Um, You know, where should you start? Should you just start on your phone? I mean, this is where, you know, it is worth asking a few of these questions of like, what's the basic, you know, what is like the entry point for me? And I would say, I would say a microphone from Officeworks for 120 bucks is awesome. And if, if you can't do that, there's other solutions. Like there's even a solution where you can get lapel microphones for your iPhone and then get an app and it's probably under a hundred bucks and you can give the lapel mic to your guest and you, it's like a splitter into your phone. And so it's very simple, but yeah, look, I also understand that even if that's too much getting started, like I said, for me, I need to get started to work out and build context and, and sort of iterate that could be just starting on a zoom call with a pair of Apple headphones and it, and it actually sounds all right. Like that is, that is a great place to start. Will it be comparable to some of the other podcasts in the market in terms of quality? No, but also you're starting. So that's, that's where the win lies. Cool. So one thing that I know that I learned working with uh, Tommy, because I went through that journey of what do I need? And I'm happy for you guys to either reach out to Tommy or me, or we will publish it with this blog, all the equipment that Tommy gave me. So he actually gave me an email of, you know, here, other things that you need to buy and the mic that you're seeing me use was only like 120 bucks um all recommended through tommy it was all scary when you are saying okay i want to do a podcast you don't know if you're spending too little you don't know if you're spending too much but as you heard tommy say one thing is start with at least a headphone um and a microphone and that doesn't have to be a high quality headphone you can even use apple headphones even um cheapo ones but this yep. mic is one of the best um, and we will drop it into when we actually distribute this so you can go ahead and check it out. And I will drop all the things that Tommy sent me with his email so you guys can check out his full recommendation because he's actually written a lot, if you don't mind, Tommy, to um, yeah, share it. And I'm sure Tommy's yeah. cool with if anyone of you wanted to reach out and ask for more. He is amazing help. He's got so much knowledge um, to share, so I'm so excited that – um, to share his knowledge with you all. Um, I guess next question is that we got into once we um, got the equipment set up, the minimum viable product was I learned something from you about how many podcasts do you need for a series? Um, you called it, you know, for uh, how many episodes do you need to actually complete a podcast? Like much more, bit more into the technicalities of how this world works, Tommy. Um, I didn't ever know about it until yeah. you started talking about it. So how does that work? And um, if you can just yeah, guide us how many and then how many should we shoot at once and distribute, like how does that work? So maybe the first point, just, you know, how many per a podcast idea? Yeah. So I think it's interesting if you think about seasons and we relate it to like television 
And usually where there's seasons, there's like a gap between because they're working on the production of the next season. And I think, you know, if you look at some of the podcasts that became mega shows like Serial, the, all the crime shows, you know, it's, it's such a um, such a huge genre in that podcast landscape, but they take a heap of effort. And so I think it lends themselves, lends itself to having series two. And for some brands, they can't have an always on approach because it doesn't fit into their, you know, strategy or their marketing budgets or just, you know, time. But if you are an individual who is able to create your own show, um, for us, what we did with the podcast I had, that we did a, over a thousand episodes. It was one season of a thousand and twenty-three episodes, but that's not for everyone. And so, I think what you can do is commit, and that is the main thing I think about seasons: is what is what are you willing to commit to? Because not everyone wants to commit to an, a, a season of one thousand and twenty-three episodes, um, but we did. And so, if you can commit to ten episodes to then gather your thoughts after you you you'll have so much more information in your mind about the process and you'll be able to then reassess to see if you like it if you don't i think going beyond 10 is is the goal a lot of people fall off um what do they call it pod fade which is just like you know i think most people can sort of get to sort of 8 or 9 episodes and then they sort of drop off from an interest capacity but if you can commit to doing you know 10 to 20 the number is really irrelevant it it is completely made up by you but I think if you can make that promise to yourself it means that a you can show up when you've said you you're going to show up b your audience understands that okay for this season which is running for x episodes you'll be here every Tuesday. And so that's on the other side. So you've got your personal promise to yourself that is, you know, either motivating you or meaning that you will show up, but then there's the promise to the audience. And so you might not have an audience when you start, which is fair, but if you are, you know, committing to it and people are getting engaged as you are going, you are trying to push it out beyond the podcast with snippets and things like that, blog articles. Um, people will understand. It's easy to understand. This podcast yeah. shows up every Tuesday and they're doing a season right now. And awesome. then the podcast platforms have created season breakdowns so you can actually order them in seasons, which is um, something not everyone does, but you can do that too. So I guess that an- answers the first question. Yeah. So the second then, one. Second question, I'm like a goldfish. I've forgotten. Sorry, Mel. So that's cool. So the second question was like, how many do you shoot at once? Because you kind of taught us about that as well, that you should at least have four or five so it distributes weekly because of that consistency is really important. I still didn't gather that as to the consistency, why that weekly was so important. If you were doing, say, monthly, some people do monthly emails um, once a month, but I guess you really wanted to make sure you had four or five ready to distribute. And I wanted to get your thoughts on why that's important when, you know, thinking about podcasts as part of your marketing strategy. Yeah. And so there's, there's a bunch of different ways to approach that. If you are to record a few to get ahead, I think it is about what are you capable of? Are you capable? And do you know, like for, for instance, myself, I know that regardless, I can show up and do one a week because I've done seven a week at some point. So I find doing one a week, I mean, I actually in saying that <laughs> it's, it's weird because it felt hard to do seven and sometimes it can feel hard to do one, but I just know that I can at least show up and do one regardless. So if you want to give yourself some lead time, meaning to commit to this 10, 10 episode season, you can record four, which means you're a month ahead if you are um, putting out a podcast weekly. So there's a couple of things here as to why you'd put out a podcast weekly over monthly. There is, there's two sides. There's for the audience who are listening. It's not, not a huge gap between the last episode. So someone who is highly engaged with your product, your podcast, 
they want to hear more and maybe daily is a little too much and, and mm-hmm. it actually overserves. But once a week, I think there has been a consistency that has been built within the podcast landscape of once a week is is a good number and a good consistent flow of content coming out. And it's achievable for for most people. The other side of why you would actually record them and, and get ahead, I think that's just for the person behind the brand or behind the podcast that is able to then, you know, form a plan. Okay. Maybe get ahead on some of the stuff that you've been doing. So some of the blog articles you might want to write based on a learning from a podcast that you've created, and then you can start scheduling. I guess that just fits into, you know, your internal strategy that you have. But in saying that, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to approach it. If you are driven by the fact that you haven't done a podcast and it's Monday and you need one out by Tuesday because that's the promise you've set and that's the driver that you've you've had, that's it's a hard hard way to do it. But sometimes I'm actually just speaking about myself here, to be honest. <laughs> um, I did one on Monday and it came out on Tuesday. So it's uh, yeah, that's a that's a driver for me. And I did a great episode and I'll do it again. But I just know, I think that would be a trap if you hadn't done it before. And you'd probably end up saying, yeah, I won't do it today. I'll do it next week. But then what about the person that shows up thinking, where is this podcast? I want to listen to another one. There's there's like inconsistent here. And so there is a version of a season committing, you know, recording ahead allows you to build that, that equity in someone's mind of, yeah, they, they're reliable. They show up. I can go there and get, you know, some content each week. Yeah, got it, got it. I guess it's the same with when you're doing emails or you're doing LinkedIn and you're doing distribution and you show up every week and you put something out there that's going to add value. So podcast is no different. It's part of the same, it's a marketing bucket and you have to be consistent in whatever it is you do. Yeah. And what's been interesting to watch in a marketing landscape and Tommy, you might be able to um, also have seen this in your marketing of podcasts, but the touch points are getting longer and longer than ever before with content consumption just continuing. Whereas maybe when brands have been able to do, you know, an eight touch point and into a conversation or into a demo or whatever they're trying to get their objective, that touch point was so much shorter, I think, two, three years ago. You know, I'd put out one piece of content and I'd have people, you know, just inbounding in. But now the length of time has gotten longer and that might be the same for podcast land of, you know, the episodes, you need more touch points, you need to add more value over a longer period of time. Is that what you're finding? Yeah, I think if we're to bring it back to something I said earlier around the worth of the listen. And so if you were to compare that to a worth of a video view on TikTok. They are the complete opposite ends of the scale. One being TikTok is just garbage. No, no, it's not. But I mean, just think about the churn and burn vibe of the content on there. I mean, you don't even have to touch it and it will pull you through the feed and that's giving people views, right? And so that's where if you were to just, you know, do a comparison between one of those views making a connection versus somebody actually needing to either, you know, actively click on, go through, open up, listen, put the headphones on, sitting in the car, you're with them in private and then they're consuming what you're creating and what you're talking about. Like the connection that can be made there is, is far greater. And so maybe it's, maybe it is like a couple more points you know, that you're talking about the touch point. Maybe this actually is doing a few more points than just say a photo on Instagram. It is actually mm-hmm. earns you a few more touch points, touch points than say some of these other forms of, of media. And so you that's fit. where it is really powerful. One way I heard, I did hear it talked about once was when you're reading your, say, say if you're reading something off a page, it's your own voice in your head reading. But when you're listening to a podcast with headphones on, you're hearing someone's voice say those words and there's a real connection there that can happen. 
and it can, you know, maybe be beyond sometimes what you're writing. Cause you're also thinking as well, you're doing double, right? You're like, Hmm, what are they saying? Mm, and you can connect with the voice that's coming through the headphones. And then, you know, the flow on effect from a podcast is that there's video too, if you're doing that. And so you can hit all those other touch points through, as you said, creating that one piece of content, which is the podcast, the hero, the hero piece of content. Yeah. Great, great thought leadership um, there, Tommy. So reframing it back and just repeating that, that the, that if someone actually listened to your podcast, that's probably multiple touch points that would be needed on a platform like TikTok or LinkedIn or these other platforms. This is much more deeper, the fact that they engage with it for so long. But I guess the fear we all have is that no one's going to listen to our podcast mm. and, you know, it's just going to be sat there old and never never found. Um, very much likely, and I think, in the in the first podcast and that's why I think the snippets and pushing it back out into social and converting it is so essential and it goes back to what we were talking is that it is part of your content strategy so you can create bite-sized pieces because people's attention scan spans have just you know are so low that we hear and I know sometimes that's shit because it's just crap uh, content we're putting out and that's why the attention span has gotten crap I've yeah. heard that as well What's your, you know, is that is that what you think? Because I have that fear that no one's going to sit here and listen to you and I talk for the 40 minutes and drive a car. Why the hell would they do that? Yeah. I mean, I've thought all those same things. And then, I mean, we got our podcast to 100,000 downloads a month. And, you know, the stuff we were talking about, oh, I didn't think it was changing lives. But we had people contacting us saying, you know, I've been very unwell mentally and you've, you know, pulled me through. And it's amazing because that's just a perception I had of maybe we're not making a connection here. And sure, we started and there was very few people listening to start with. Um, but there's only one way to grow it. There's only one way to get to having a podcast that has a lot of people listening. And that's by starting. You don't get that by sitting at home thinking or just, you know, not even acting on you know, the, the urge to maybe start, but there's, there's a few things here. There's, you could break it up and go, there's cr cross, there's different channels out there. So we social media channels that have their own unique audience. So podcast, say if you have a podcast, you might also, if you are putting out content from your podcast on LinkedIn, you're actually building the audience in a different way over at LinkedIn. And, and you might get some cross back over to the podcast where they'll listen for 30 minutes, but that's not for everyone. But I think going back to what you said earlier, having that hero piece of content, you can actually serve your audience on a, plat on a different platform with the content that you're creating on the podcast. So for example, I think a big one is I haven't, I haven't listened to Hamish and Andy's podcast or, you know, their radio show. It was the biggest radio show in Australia and they have a huge podcast. I don't know what's happening on that, but I see their social media snippets and I kind of know what's happening on that. And so that's a weird thing that I am an audience via Instagram, but I'm not their audience member via the platform of podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. There was another really big uh, discovery that I had with you on the podcast and I really want to share that with all the listeners and particularly I know CMOs who are trying to make this decision into podcasts. How do I start? What's the framework here? And the funny thing is when I went through that with you, Tommy, the framework of doing a podcast was exactly the same framework as going to social or setting up an ad. It was, you said, you know, what is the actual pain point? Who is your actual audience and what are they feeling and how can you serve that pain point? So for me, coming in and deciding I want to do a piece with you, Tommy. And I had to go and keep reflecting on that. And the framework for me was I know that the organizations that I serve and I help every day have a, want to do a podcast. They just don't know if it's got an ROI. They want to know about the conversation of what kind of equipment we need. And that's why we're having this conversation because I know that they've got that need and I'm close enough to my client to understand that they would want to hear that. Um, so is that the framework that you would normally take someone through? And if you might, don't mind just sharing that when someone comes to you and saying, you know, I want to produce 
uh, podcast and you spent several weeks, I know, planning for what that is going to, what that podcast name is and you, you know, push them through into strategy like you did with me. So can you just run us through how you guide that process with your clients and, you know, where you start probably with the problem, I'm guessing, in mind? Yeah, I guess if you are thinking that you want to start a podcast, but you don't really quite have all the answers, it's it's then just a, a, a problem-solving game. You can ask yourself a bunch of questions or, you know, as, as we do running someone through sessions where we are asking from the get-go. So your initial thinking was, I want to start a podcast, but maybe it doesn't, it doesn't have to be beyond that. You can just have that. And so there's some sort of understanding in your mind that I, I know it works. I know, you know, that I like podcasts. I know that I connect with a bunch. And, and so when then you then turn that back around on yourself and, and start asking those questions of, you know, what would success actually look like? Um, you know, what would make me show up every day? Uh, you know, if, if this was to be, you know, a hit, what would I want it to look like? And, you know, so you can sort of envision what the future may be and then sort of reverse engineer that. And I think answering some of those tougher questions, which um, maybe for some brands and some CMOs that have a version of what success would look like, it might not align with a podcast strategy. But that doesn't mean that there's not a version of success in committing to doing a project like a podcast. Like, you know, for example, if you have, a, you know, a bunch of staff that are working on this and they really enjoy podcasting and there's a camaraderie there and, you know, they can be, you know, coming up with concepts and ideas together and if it fits within actually allowing them to use their time to do that there's something going on there that is beyond just the ROI. And and sure, that's not to say that you shouldn't have an answer on the ROI part of it, but you should understand what it's going to do for you and, and, and what it can do for you. And so there's, it, it's a question asking process, not too dissimilar to like a podcast, <laughs> just getting really curious about why you want it, how you, how you want it to look and where you want to take it. And then what are you willing to commit to? So speaking about staff, my staff have about seven questions for you that I'm just going to hit you with a rapid question and answer. So are you ready? I'm ready. Always ready. What's your favorite podcast and why? Oh, there's this guy named um, (laughs) Z-Dog, Z-Dog MD. And I came across him because he's a doctor and he was speaking about um, anti-vaxxers. And that's how I got into him. He's funny. He's um, charismatic. He's American. But now I've gone deeper into him because I worked out that he's like uh, very much into meditation and mindfulness, which I am too. And so he's um, got all these great podcasts about mindfulness and meditation and awakening. And so I've, I've, it's interesting. I connect with his podcast because of one thing. And now I've just worked out that he, you know, along with being a, a doctor, he's super smart. He's actually, you know, science and, you know, this esoteric landscape merging. And it just makes so much sense to me. And so that's why I love oh, him. Cool. Why do you think some po- podcasts go viral and others don't? So, what would a podcast going viral look like? Lots of downloads. Is that, is that what you'd say? I think that's what the measure of success I've heard you constantly refer to for yourself as well, where you've said, you know, you've got to 100,000 well, downloads and that's, um, that's definitely yeah. success from a podcast landscape. For me, coming from social media, I'd be looking at the snippets and, you know, the viewership that I'm getting yeah. on that snippet regularly. But, yeah, from, you know, why do you think some of them go viral and others don't? Is it a quality thing or is it they didn't think about it well enough at the beginning? mm no, I, and I don't think ours went viral. We built that audience over a long period of time, years of just chipping away every day. And so, yeah, I, I guess I don't really use it as a way to say that it went viral, that it's huge numbers. I know some podcasts, and I will refer to them as the example, that have a huge 
audience right now, a huge downloadership. So if you want to see that as success, we can just look at, at that as success, right? But I think we can then define it in a couple of different areas. So if you're going listeners, um, a podcast, a friend of mine has, you know, has 5 million downloads in the last five months. Huge, huge. Why do but you think that they've is? they've completely is leveraged. So they've leveraged social media. They've leveraged okay. um, their own social channels and things like TikTok. So content, micro content from the macro content. Um and built up an audience that was interested enough based on the uh, micro content uh, it, to, to then feed into the podcast. Plus, you know, there could be timing, it could be genre. And so if you were to launch, a, you know, a like Serial was the perfect inception of a crime podcast, like a true crime podcast at a time. Um, and there's been some since that have done it, you know, that have just popped or it could be a pop culture podcast, you know, like um, Shameless, which is one of the biggest in Australia. Um, it's a pop culture podcast. But I think it was just two uh, fierce, you know, yeah. females that were just kicking ass and we were, and everyone got behind it. And it's like first to market in that, in that way in Australia. It's not to say that there's probably, you know, it's like and I think you, if you're looking at a podcast that pops, there's – a thousand that haven't that are doing very similar thing, and for one reason or another, it just hasn't done what this other one does. And mm. so it's there is a bit of secret sauce that isn't that is unknown in all of this stuff, but you don't find out unless you give it a crack. Absolutely, might be just the people, the inspiring people behind it that are running it. Um, okay, how do you balance asking questions and knowing when to listen as a host? I mean, it's a, um, it's definitely the skill that you can uh, grow. So it is a muscle that you can flex and, and get better at. So listening and asking questions. But I think if you have a uh, level of curiosity and a level of self-awareness, th that is a great combo to have a great conversation. So you're aware of how you're coming across in the moment but you're not transfixed on, oh, I'm coming across like this, like, oh, I want to come across like this. You can actually just be a bit more present and then you can actually listen and ask questions based on what the person is saying. If you've got a list of questions, and I know we're doing rapid fire, so it makes sense mm -hmm. to go through them, but if we're doing a rapid fire and then all of a sudden you're like, he said something really interesting there, I'm going to ask about that because maybe the person who's listening to this wanted to hear more on that. Yeah. And so that is a skill it's that, that you can um, that you can build. But it, I, I don't think it comes without stuffing up, talking yeah. over somebody and asking the wrong questions, you know, the wrong times and all of that. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really key takeaway there is as I'm going through it, even though I've got rapid questions, one thing I'm realizing as it's, this is my first podcast, guys, that I am interviewing someone, you are holding a lot of information in your mind going, I need to come back to that. So I think probably, mm. Tommy, there must be a tool that you must be having that you can write down going, come back to that because you don't want to miss that thought to go deeper if you don't, if you can't contain it. Like I'm containing a lot of thought because it's my first one, but there was times that I wanted to go back and I did because I remembered it. But there's a lot of pressure in my mind going, I have to go back to that. So I think, you know, next time that I do it, I definitely have that ability to write um, that point down so you don't miss it. And listening was so important, mm. I heard you say, listening for what that person said because if I'm not engaged, I can't go deeper with you. And then people are going, he just said he'd had 100,000 downloads and we didn't cover how he got that. Like if I didn't get into how that, that took you years, we've just totally missed out and left something um, very much, you know, superficial and didn't go into why and everyone was yeah. wanting to know why and how. Um, so thank you for yeah. saying that about listening. So I've got two last rapid fire questions for you and this it will be a wrap so the first the the second last one is top reason why podcasts didn't work for brands so why yeah, it wouldn't work brands. for a brand no why it didn't work they did it and it didn't work for people or companies or organizations why it just didn't work that from your experience that you've seen 
Yeah, and I think um, sort of coming back to even you referencing the 100,000 as a, a metric that I sort of put forward, and I think I only do that because it, it sort of gives sense to people to understand that there has been something built, you know, out of the in, – in the podcast landscape, right? And so – but you could look at success for a podcast, and I'm just sort of going off pre-ramble to the answer – but you could have a podcast that has a hundred people who love it and listen every week. That's more powerful than a thousand randoms coming in and out that don't connect with it. And so, if you could sell to us, it's the thousand true fans um, that you know gets thrown around a bunch. If you can have a thousand true fans and you sell them something every month, ten bucks. You know, twelve months a year, one hundred and twenty dollars a year, thousand people, thousand times one hundred and twenty. Like, I don't know math, so I can't give you the answer, but it's a big number. <laughs> I'm joking, but it is a that like when you just do it simply like that, it doesn't have to be ginormous, because the podcast that has five million downloads, <laughs> per person across a thousand. There's a lot of money there, and yeah. so that's what I mean. You can have a business out of that. And so you don't need huge scale for it to be successful. I think culturally we look at things, you know, and, and social media has got a lot to do with this and things like TikTok that are, you know, opening the floodgates and allowing people to get so many views because it's just jamming into people's feeds. Like people feel successful doing that. But, I mean, is it successful? That's the question to ask. What is the success? So if a brand has created a podcast and it has only had 200 downloads across the whole season and your metric of success was we need this to pop, then, yeah, it's been a, fa- it's been a failure in, in the eyes of, you know, looking at that as the success metric. But what about looking at some other stuff. And so, yeah, maybe it has failed based on your metrics of success. And why has that happened? Yeah, I mean, that's where you could look into it. Maybe it just was a really bad podcast. Maybe yeah. it didn't have the planning. Maybe you wouldn't have done it if you asked the questions earlier on about why do we even want to do this? What does success actually look like for us as a brand playing in this space? Yeah, nice. So the, my final question for you how are podcasts evolving and what comes after podcasts? Oh, Neuralink, Elon Musk jamming something into our head where we don't even have to hear anything, but we just, it goes into our thinking. That's what's next. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. But um, what's next for podcasting? So my business partner, my old business partner and co-host of the podcast, the daily talk show that I had, he... Um, he loves to look to the future and he has been a bit paranoid about Spotify gobbling up a heap of these smaller brands in the podcast landscape. So they, so podcast Spotify buy all these unique podcasts, right? They, you know, buy Joe Rogan's licensing to there and then is exclusive to the platform. The thing about podcasting, it is the technology is, is simply an RSS feed. So, you know, you have your hosting service that you pay for per month to be able to host your podcast, and it's just an interface to be able to plug into the RSS feed. So no one owns podcasting, like no one owns blogging, but people like Spotify are buying up real estate in the landscape to own podcasting because then when an individual wants to start one, like unless you're a part of the you know, Spotify cool club, you might have a bit of a problem there and they've stolen the industry, which is where I sort of bring it back to him sort of being sus on it. And it is a good thought to think about, you know, you see acquisitions by Spotify, they mean more than just someone getting a bit of cash for the industry. And so for me, I mean, I'm, I'm all about Spotify. I like listening to podcasts through that. I find it a easier experience than the Apple podcast app. But then if I think about it, I have to pay for that. They have, they're they a business churning, over, churning out so much cash and they've just taken it so far ahead of uh, the, the free Apple podcast app. It's, Correct. Yeah, it's bizarre. 
And so it's um, the landscape is changing. There'll be more podcasts than ever. And I, but I think it's lending itself to people making deeper connections, more honesty. Um, mm. You know, great stories being shared. All of these. Do you things. see podcasts becoming shorter in time? Like, do we see a a, a change towards you know five minute, three minute podcasts, or that's already there? Yeah, I think that's everywhere. And as much as there are some, I think you just look at it right now. Is there shitloads of five-minute podcasts? No. Mm. And the reason is that you can have a long-form conversation Mm. that actually gets you to go back and forth and navigate stuff way deeper than you ever can go on five-minute podcasts. But that's not to say that there isn't a space to release five-minute podcasts, but I think to take advantage of the medium, long-form conversation is is where it's at. Well, thank you so much, Tommy. I totally enjoy the energy you have, the amount of knowledge you have within podcasts. It is a pleasure to have you here and share that knowledge with hopefully my newest listeners the first time. So I just want to firstly thank you as well for getting me on this journey and on the track to podcasting. Um, and thank you for sharing. So honestly. No worries. Thanks. Thanks, Mel. You've done a great job. I've enjoyed the experience. Usually I'm on the other side asking the questions on podcasts. So it, it um it's a it's a new, you know, unique experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm interviewing the podcaster or podcast guru. Yeah. I love it. That's exactly what I wanted yeah, getting as podcasted. my first podcast. So thank you so much yeah. and that's it. You are listening to Innovative Minds. Tune in every Thursday and spark your mind. Stop.